What up, what up, what up? Welcome back to Sam Dunks, the weekly NBA show over here at Slab Stocks. I'm your host, Sam. Summer League is just about wrapped. Certainly, there's a lot to be excited about. It's looking like a great rookie class with a ton of players, which we can dream on. But I'm not going to be talking about any of the rookies today because, well, that just wouldn't help you since there aren't really any cards available for you to buy at the moment. So instead, we're going to be looking at five different quote-unquote veterans playing in the summer league, looking at their performances, looking at their upcoming roles on their on their respective teams, and try to figure out who would be a good budget buy before the start of the 2021 regular season. So let's just jump right into it. Before we jump into our five budget buys from the NBA Summer League, I wanted to promote our platform, Slabstocks Pro. You can get, get there from uh, going to the search bar and typing pro.slabstocks.com. You can see it up here, pro.slabstocks.com. Uh, make yourself a profile. Once you make yourself a profile, you can do all sorts of things. Uh, you can add cards to your portfolio and, and just click there in one quick click. Uh, see how some of the cards in your portfolio are doing over time. Uh, none of these cards are actually in my portfolio. I just added them just to, to show you what's going on here. Uh, you can look at trenders and see various cards that are, are trending upward recently. Uh, you can look at any of the slab data that's available. Here I have the RJ Barrett rookie silver in a BGS 9.5 grade. Uh, over the past three months, you can see how that card has performed after flatlining for for most of the time, it's it's ramped up just a little bit, up to $200 basically uh, in the past couple of weeks. I expect that to probably continue to rise here in the short term. Uh, so a lot of good stuff for you to do over at pro.slabstocks.com. And of course, the very best thing about it is that it is absolutely free. Uh, if you're able to go and, and find a card that you like, you can look at the Tops Aaron Judge uh, 2017 Chrome Rookie Base PSA 10. Scroll on down and you'll even find some listings which you can find at a good price on eBay. Uh, click on this link, view the listing on eBay. Hopefully you can find some good deals. Uh, but again, I would encourage you, go to pro.slabstocks.com. Create yourself a profile absolutely free. You have nothing to lose. And I think it should be very beneficial to you. Now, none of the cards which I'm going to be featuring here today in my, my video are, are featured on pro.slabstocks.com because these are all graded cards and, and I'm mostly dealing with second year players who just don't have a ton of cards uh, graded yet. So I would like to use it throughout my video. I just can't today, but I did want to put in the punch. Go to pro.slabstocks.com, create yourself a profile and enjoy. So the NBA Summer League is finally winding down. In fact, by the time this show is aired, we will be in the midst of the final day of Summer League. And everyone loves Summer League. You know, it's the first time to see the new draft class. This year's cropped has looked very good. You know, not a surprise. It looks like a very strong class overall. I'm very excited for many of the players. The temptation every single year during Summer League is to latch on to some of the hype that's spilling out of Las Vegas and then overreact to it. And of course, we never want to overreact to anything. So I did want to contextualize some of the performances which we've seen so far. You know, just think back to uh, Summer League, uh, Summer League's past, Summer League stars of years recently past, like Kyle Kuzma, the steal of the draft and the future MVP. Uh, that's what people were calling him after his Summer League performance, of course. 
Uh, or, you know, who could forget Kevin Knox's first team all summer league debut in 2018 with 21 points, six and a half rebounds, 2.3 assists per game. That's a future star, if you ask me. Or you could look at the murderer's row of the last seven summer league MVP winners. Brandon Clark in 2019, Josh Hart in 2018, Lonzo Ball in 2017. Fun fact, when I became a dad, I had the Lonzo Ball Summer League debut playing on the hospital TV room. And as I became a dad, uh, I was watching that. It was a good distraction. I was also paying attention to my wife, but uh, it's a fun memory anyways. 2016 MVP was Tyus Jones. 2015 MVP Kyle Anderson, Glenn Rice Jr. in 2014, and Jonas Valanciunas in 2013. So I'm sure you're picking up what I'm putting down here. There's just not a whole ton that we can really glean from Summer League. And in and any early declarations one way or another about any player can pretty much just be discarded. You know, Summer League doesn't reveal a whole ton to us about players and their futures, and that's because of what Summer League is. You know, If you've looked at your favorite team's roster, You've likely seen a lot of names which you just don't really recognize. Most of these guys, they're not NBA players. Oftentimes, they get signed to summer league squads as favors to their agents. You know, agents have uh, better relationships with certain teams because of the NBA players that are on those rosters. So it's very common for rosters to just be filled out by agents placing calls to GMs and, um, you know, asking for a favor for one of their clients and then the GM giving them a roster spot uh, on the summer league roster. There's really just not much more to it than that. Uh, the squads, they get together, they practice like once or twice before reporting to Las Vegas. So there isn't any sort of you know, defensive cohesion or offensive structure like there'd normally be. It's mostly just kind of pick up basketball for these guys. So understanding all of that, you realize why these games just don't tell us a ton about any individual player. You know, they're unable to replicate really anything resembling an actual NBA game. And for that reason, the types of players that stand out the most are the ball-in-hand scorers that are just given the unique freedom of the summer league environment where they can just go out and score. When you think back to 2012, Josh Selby won the co-MVP honors with Damian Lillard. Uh, he averaged 24 points per game. I hit 55% from the field, 64% from three during those couple games, or probably you could remember even closer uh, in more, more recent history, Carson Edwards, he looked like the steal of the draft just a two summers ago in Las Vegas, uh, but he yet has yet to crack double digit minutes per game in two NBA seasons. And so you see a ton of young guys that are averaging over 20 points per game in the summer league. You just can't be carried away by it. And most of the time, it just will not carry over into the regular season. So all of those caveats out of the way, uh, there are some performances every year which do portend things to come. And I thought today it'd be fun to play a little prospecting game, you know, take a look at a few of the standout performers from Summer League so far, evaluate their position in the regular season context and see if we can't identify a few players who could be nice budget options for us. And, and since that obviously, again, doesn't include any rookies, um, I'm limiting myself to second year players at the very least. So. Uh, let's take a look. First up is Patrick Williams of the Chicago Bulls. I've got his Revolution Fractal Auto numbered out of 100 on the screen. Uh, beautiful card. And by the way, just a terrible autograph. You know, it really kind of reminds me of the, the Prince symbol, uh, which kind of just cracks me up. Um, but I assume it'll probably never improve. Anyways, Patrick Williams he had a very strong summer league. Uh, I believe he's all done now since he is away from the team. He had three games in the summer league. He averaged 21 points per game. Uh, that did come on 37.9% shooting from the field, so obviously pretty terrible. But that's on the type of shooting volume that you expect in a summer league where the legit NBA players are just jacking up a large volume of shots, which Patrick Williams was doing. 
Uh, an interesting 43.8% shooting from three-point range, and that was on the back of 5.3 three-point attempts per game. He shot 39% from deep on just under two three-points per game in his rookie season, uh, which is an inch. So all of this is an interesting development and, and not all, not at all out of the question moving forward. I do expect him to start attempting uh, a few more shots per game in general. So along with all of that, a very strong 9.7 rebounds per game, 2.7 assists per game, and then 0.7 steals per game. Now, like I already said, he had a high volume of shots, which was encouraged by the Bulls, 19.3 attempts per game to be precise. That type of volume is obviously not going to continue. The encouraging things were that his shooting form is, is quite a bit quicker and, and a lot more fluid. At least it looked like to my eyes, a lot more fluid than we've seen from him so far. So that's really a welcome improvement and evidence that he's really been hitting the gym and working on a shot this offseason. Uh, he was rather weak driving to the hole and, and pretty weak with the ball in his hand in general. Uh, he had quite a few turnovers, 4.7 per, per, per appearance. So uh, certainly not the best. So he definitely has some areas that he still has to work on, but he is still a teenager. So overall, some nice things to note that can be added to his already strong defense and strong rebounding, which he already had in his rookie season. Now, I'm planning on talking about this particular topic more in next week's video, uh, but I'm very unsure of what the Bulls will actually look like this year. Kind of having a difficult time figuring out what to make of that roster. I'm also not totally sure what Patrick Williams's role is going to look like on this year's Bulls squad. He's going to play a lot, probably going to be putting in a lot of minutes, you know, but they've suddenly filled out their roster with a lot of guys who will be shouldering most of the offensive load night in and night out. So we shouldn't be expecting huge improvement from Williams in the, in the scoring totals this coming season. You know, the shot, shot opportunities just probably aren't going to be there a ton for him. But if he's hitting those threes when Lonzo Ball dishes them to him, that is going to go a long way for him. And again, he's still only 19 years old. He's one of the youngest and highest potential players on a rejuvenated Bulls team with a rejuvenated Bulls fan base, which should mean that if the Bulls are playing well, his cards will likely be seeing increased demand throughout the season, especially since he's, again, one of the only young, exciting, investable players on the roster. So uh, some interesting stuff that we saw with Patrick Williams. And, and since, again, most of his cards are ungraded, a nice opportunity to possibly stockpile some cheap, nice cards for a player who is only 19 years old and loaded with potential. So that's the first budget buy for you. Next up is Peyton Pritchard, a guy who has simply looked too good for Summer League. He's featured here on his Crown Royal Green Crystal Cracked Ice Rookie Card, numbered out of 21. A beautiful card with the green emerald look to it uh, to color match with the classic Celtics green jerseys. A beautiful budget buy as this exact card went for a best offer of just $40 uh, a few weeks ago. A really nice buy by that person, in my opinion. Uh, he had an awesome Summer League, too. Probably the best player in the Summer League overall. 20.3 points per game, excellent, efficient shooting all around with 51.4% shooting from the field, 57.7% from downtown on nearly nine attempts per game, uh, strong 5.7 rebounds per game. It's really strong for a guard, uh, usually very strong with, with the assists. Again, 8.7 assists per game. Uh, also, that's not super easy to do in the summer league since there's just a lot of guys that can't really shoot there. Uh, but even more amazing than that, in his four or in his three games, he had 26 assists and only four turnovers. Just super impressive ball control. And then he also threw in two steals per game just for good measure. You know, on a Celtics team that has wasted, you know, quite a few picks, 
and maybe it's not talked about as much as it should be. We've wasted quite a few picks over the past several years. Uh, Peyton Pritchard is not one of them. You know, they turned Isaiah Thomas into Kyrie Irving, and then they went with the failed Kemba Walker experiment. And the Celtics, they really just need someone who can run the floor and add some backcourt creation to help out Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. And I do think that Peyton Pritchard might be that guy. You know, obviously, they did bring in Dennis Schroeder this offseason, but I wouldn't bet that he has a long Celtics career ahead of him. And whereas Dennis Schroeder has quite a few visible flaws to his game, Pritchard is just pretty solid all across the board. He's already started to become a fan favorite in Boston, and assuming that his role on the team becomes much greater than his 19 minutes per game role last season, I think he has to be considered a very strong speculative buy. And I'm always in favor of, of buying guys that look like they could have long careers in Celtics green. And, and I think Pritchard could be one of those guys. He's looked quick and decisive and just supremely confident out there with some deep, deep threes. Uh, we have a good year coming for Pritchard. And right now is a good time to buy. All of that, of course, is just my opinion. Next up, one of the leading scorers out of the NBA Summer League. That's Tyrese Maxey, second year guard for the Philadelphia 76ers. I have him featured here in his red, white, and blue Prism rookie card. Just a beautiful full-color match with the red, white, and blue 76ers uniforms. And one of the rare occasions where you have a full-color match like that, uh, which makes this uh, this particular card an excellent buy, in my opinion. Again, another budget, good budget buy. That's what we're focusing on here. These are 10 to $15 over the past several days. And again, he's been very solid. Uh, 26 points per game, although he did only play two games, um, but that came on the back of 50% shooting from the field. Uh, only just under 29% from three on seven deep attempts per game, an area which he has struggled with, and it does remain a question mark moving forward, uh, but pretty solid scoring outside of that. He also added in 5.5 rebounds per game, four and a half assists, and two steals per game on top. Uh, was kind of hard to take too much away from Maxi, as it was only two games, which it's admittedly kind of a stupid thing to say since it, I'm comparing him to other players who played three or four games. But, you know, still by summer league standards, a pretty small sample size. We saw him get the ball, he attacked the basket strongly, and it just seemed maybe a little too powerful for most summer league defenders to handle. Add all that to his strong defensive acumen, and he has what looks like an expanded role coming for him in Philadelphia. And that's why I have him as one of my, my really good budget by targets heading into the upcoming season. Uh, and by the way... All of these are risks. You know, you're always putting your money at risk when you buy a card as an investment. So you should always be thinking along those lines. Uh, and that's definitely the case here. You are putting your money at risk. This is a speculative buy. You know, it's literally impossible to know what Daryl Morey is going to be doing with Ben Simmons. You know, If Simmons stays, which he's indicated to this point he has no interest in doing, obviously that's going to be eating into Maxi's potential role. If Simmons is traded for a lead guard, like if you know the Damian Lillard uh, ben Simmons trade, which everyone keeps talking about. If that happened, obviously that's going to eat hugely into Maxi's potential role. But if there's a situation where Ben Simmons is gone and then the lead guard spot is suddenly more wide open, I would expect Tyrese Maxi to see a huge minutes boost over his 15 minutes per game that he averaged in his rookie season. So again, some risk, but he's certainly shown some valuable NBA skills. And if he's going to be playing a big role on a prominent market like Philadelphia 76ers, you can expect his rookie cards to start seeing some really strong increased demand. Another one of the leading scorers out of the summer league, also a second year guard, uh, this time for the Memphis Grizzlies, it is Desmond Bain. I have him featured here on his select courtside rookie card. 
of course, with Select, you have those three tiers, Courtside being the short printed set. Uh, so always one of my favorite speculative buys since the relative rarity adds quite a bit of more upside as an investment. Uh, two games, 24 points per game on 48.4% shooting from the field with an absolutely totally sustainable 69% shooting from downtown on six and a half attempts per game. Uh, then he also added three and a half rebounds, four assists, and a steal. Uh, his role in this summer league was a lot different than it was last year with the Grizzlies. Also, it's a lot different than it's ever going to be with the Grizzlies when he's playing alongside John Morant. Uh, he was given the ball in his hands as an offensive initiator quite a bit, which did have admittedly mixed results, but it was cool to see you know, what he could do with the ball in his hands rather than just being a, a strict floor spacer like he was last year. He attacked the rim quite a bit off the dribble, uh, which would be a welcome addition to his game. Now, the Grizzlies made a bunch of roster moves this offseason. Uh, the most recent one was the kind of uh, head-scratching trade that you know for Patrick Beverly, a trade which I think did make the team better, uh, but still just kind of a strange trade all around. On the other side of the coin, they did trade away Grayson Allen to my Milwaukee Bucks, so that does open up some more minutes for Bain to expand on his 22 minutes per game role that he had last season. Now, I really like Desmond Bain. He's, you know, he's your prototypical 3-and-D player that every team wants to collect. As a rookie, he shot 43% from three on four attempts per game. You can expect that and more this coming season. And he's just such a willing and solid defender, too. Whenever I'm prospecting young guys, I always think about what type of skills they bring to the court and what that means for their careers with their current franchise, you know, how their front officers uh, the front offices are going to be thinking about them. You know, I just don't really love the type of uh, high volume, low efficiency guard types that generally get people pretty excited when they see 25 point per game averages, you know, because if, if that's all you can do, which there are a lot of guys that are like that, if that's all you can do, you don't really raise the floor of your ceiling very far, uh, much less the ceiling of your team, uh, especially if you're a franchise focal point. You know, those are the types of players who usually end up on their second or their third team by the time they ink their second contract. And ultimately, they're just going to end up as bench scorer roles, and that's just not going to be a very wise long-term investment. Desmond Bain, on the other hand, does two of the things that teams look for the most. Again, that's play defense and shoot threes. And if he can settle in as a secondary playmaker and secondary scorer on this Grizzlies team, which I think he can do, he's just a super solid investment at this point, you know, especially as a complimentary piece on one of the real young, exciting teams in basketball. Once he starts to be more well-known nationally, he's going to be garnering a lot more card market attention. I think his role for the next several years is set on this team, which means he's probably a good budget buy at the moment. And then the last player for your consideration today is the third-year wing, Max Struess of the Miami Heat. He's featured here on one of his only NBA rookie cards. That's his rookie penmanship card from 2019 Prism, uh, where he is shown in a Boston Celtics uniform, a team which he's never actually played a regular season minute for. Uh, he's another one of those players with an interesting route to relevance, as you can probably gather from this being one of his only rookie cards. Uh, he was undrafted. He was signed on a two-way contract with the Celtics in July of 2019. Uh, he was waived by them in October. Then he signed a two-way contract a few days later with the Bulls. Uh, the next season, so that again, that's last season, he signed an Exhibit 10 contract with the Miami Heat, which turned into a two-way contract the next month. And then just a week or so ago, he signed a two-year deal with the same Miami Heat squad. And with his summer league performance, it looks like the Heat were wise to get him on that deal. In four games, he's poured in 20.8 points per game on a pretty pitiful 39% field goal percentage. But that's okay because they want him 
uh, because of his three-point shooting, which was very good. 40% from downtown on an epic 11.3 three-point attempts per game. Uh, then he also added in 6.3 rebounds, 2.5 assists, and 1.3 steals per game to fill out the rest of the box score. So obviously, Max Struess, he can just really shoot the ball. It just doesn't matter for him if he's creating off the dribble or if he's spotting up around the arc for catch-and-shoot threes. He's very efficient at both. And like the Miami Heat like their shooters to do, he's constantly in motion when he's off the ball. He's creating those catch-and-shoot opportunities. If he was with any other team... I'd probably just look at the 20 points per game thing. Like I talked about earlier, you know, a lot of these guys are doing that and it's you know not much to really write home about. So if he was on any other team, I'd probably write this off as an aberration, but he is with the heat team whose offense is tailored around his style of play. And, you know, who have also had good recent success finding shooters that took similar disjointed paths to the regular rotation. Perhaps it is because of his proximity to Duncan Robinson and, and similarity of, of getting to the, to the big, you know, the big market team. Um, but perhaps it's because of his proximity to Duncan Robinson that I am optimistic for Struess's potential. But I just strongly believe that Eric Spolstra is going to be utilizing Struess's unique shooting ability quite a lot this season. You know, it's a pretty deep rotation, so we probably can't hope for tons of minutes going his way. But I do expect him to be in the rotation. And as some of the shooting from the bubble regressed, uh, heading into last season, Struess seems like the type of player that can reignite some of that offensive potency, which we saw from the Heat two playoffs ago. So this is definitely probably the most speculative of all the of all the speculative buys that I've floated out there. But he is a guy who's shown enough during summer league to warrant a bit more added attention moving forward. So those are my five speculative buys. Again, all veterans, guys who look like they should be having increased roles moving forward. And I think that's what you got to be looking for at this time of year. Obviously, we're not quite to the point where uh, we're ramping up for the regular season. So there's still a, a pretty decent window here where you can start buying some guys a little bit cheaper than they'll probably be in the next month or two. Um, and I think if you're targeting young guys who maybe don't have all that national um, attention or, you know, the, the name brand recognition, like some of the other younger stars out there, if they are going to be getting out there and getting regular minutes on good contending squads, you could probably expect their cards to be increasing here in the short term. So there are my five budget buys. Certainly there are other guys that could have been fit in this too, but I was going to stick to five. Uh, so there they are. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, and always, uh, as always, thank you so much for listening. I uh, will see you again next week.